0: Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic of the Cavern podcast, where we talk all things Magic of the Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me, as always, is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam?
1: Pretty good. Good, pretty good. good. Just doing things I enjoy doing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because going outside still scary, so I just stay in my house and do nice things.
0: It's pretty much all you can do, really, isn't it, at the <laughs> yeah. moment?
1: Yeah. I don't know, loads of people are going off doing stuff and I hope that all those people are vaccinated and wearing masks but um, yeah. you know, there's the study aspects of if I get ill I probably won't be very ill I'll probably feel okay I definitely won't die uh, but uh, you know, it affects work and stuff, right? So Yeah, I'm still yeah, be being totally. responsible, unfortunately Being a responsible adult is uh, I don't know, it's a choice I've made, I guess <laughs> 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 You could choose not to be responsible but Yeah, I'm doing good I'm just, you know, paying miniatures playing Dead by Daylight trying to listen to music because that is a thing that I stopped doing as I got older you know, and you get yeah and just like music that came out in 2015 or whatever
0: more like 1995 but yeah sure <laughs> yeah. I understand
1: <laughs> I'm aware that all of your favourite bands were formed before you were born
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um, most of them were <laughs> yeah
1: um but yeah there's some really good music this year I don't know if you can do that but I'm trying to do that because it's just it's, it's fun sweet and doing things that make you happy is good
0: oh right. I 100% agree yeah
1: yeah um yeah, I'm doing good. We've run some events over the past few, few days. We had a fired draft two weeks in a row. Nice. Two Townspar remastered drafts. That Ooh, really nice. Enjoyed. Yeah, there's a few boxes of those in the second, the second run.
0: Oh, one day, one day I'll get to draft that format properly.
1: We've still got boxes. <laughs> hey. uh, and we had pre release, obviously, for the yeah, Struggling Night Hunt. Yeah, how did that go? Friday and Saturday. Uh, good. Um, no one knows how day and night works. So you know how I said, but our uh, our friend Casey said that we uh, got day and night wrong. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I know that now. I thought I got it right, but I was I was definitely wrong. And of course, of of course, Casey, who's very intelligent and is actually a judge, (laughs) knows our (laughs) rules work better than I do. Um, But yeah, Um, so when you cast a day bound card, and it's night then when you, you, you put it on the stack, it's its front face, and yeah. then it enters the battlefield in its back face. Yes. And I didn't know that, That because that seems kind of backwards to me. Um, but for the for the Saturday pre-release, I had to play. I, I had to play, because we would have had a buy, and that's not very fun at a pre-release. So I built a quick Soltai deck, because I had loads of blue cards, loads of green cards, and I only had Black removal spells, so I splashed a Fenestrate. Um... And, yeah, I worked that out on the fly as I was playing a game. How, how daybound and night-bound. Um, nice. But it was fun. Yeah, people seem to enjoy the format. The format seems very grindy. Um, there are a lot of very long games going to time. Also, it didn't help that we were using Event Link, because... were is dead. Um, yeah. Long live were. And hmm. uh, Event Link is relatively intuitive, relatively easy to use. You can... Join using the companion app, which is nice. So, like, you don't need to manually add people. They can sign up using the code, and they can also submit uh, results using the code. So you don't have to like, wait on people to finally get up and actually tell you their results. Yeah, um, so that's cool. But also, the timer on it is bugged, and if you yeah. tab out of it, the timer stops. So Sweet. we had a we had a couple of seventy-minute rounds at pre-release, Ooh. which was uh, <laughs> no <not laughs> idea. People are like, are you sure it's not was Like, it says twelve minutes. Um, it turns out the timer just stopped a couple of times because I tapped out to go to the other event we were running at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we also ran a Flesh and Blood pre-release on Saturday. Ooh, how was that? It was interesting because I don't know anything about Flesh and Blood. <laughs> um, at some point, I'm going to learn how to play the game just so I know. Because we run, we run, run events. Because it seems like the community is sort of growing, and like most yeah. of our interaction with it up until this point had been you know, speculators and people trying to make a quick buck off. Yeah, first totally. boxes <laughs> and whatever uh, which is fine because we also make money doing that because <laughs> so, we you know buy first edition boxes at cost price and then the market dictates that they're a lot more than cost price yeah. and we sell them for that and we make money and that's fine by us because uh, people think they're going to you know triple in price or whatever um but, you know we've had a few people that come in like oh, have you got any of those free in- intro decks that they send you and we're like yeah, yeah yeah people actually want to learn to play so we only had five people down for the pre-release um and it seems like that seems like a relatively average turnout across yeah. the board yeah because you know it's just not that big of a game yet
0: um yeah it has... it's, it's an interesting one i i i've seen quite a few sort of videos and how to play and stuff and so obviously it's it, it's a game that I, i've followed quite closely as it's been sort of developing because because i i like card games i think card games are cool uh, there was a lot of hype around it and you know there, there seems to be a continuation of that hype and, that, and that's great and i think I was definitely somebody who was very negative and very cautious of it when it first popped up because how many card games has, has there been since like since Magic the Gathering, you know, declaring themselves to be the next big thing? Uh, I think it's it's incredibly difficult to launch and sustain a successful card game, and I do feel like there are quite a few problems with with Flesh and Blood, but I I, I do think it has more staying power than I initially thought, which is great. For sure. Uh, I've yeah. got, I've got no interest in playing the game myself because it just it, the game itself does not appeal to me in, in the slightest. I'm not interested in the gameplay at all, but it looks like it's got a fantastic community uh, and the the company yep. that makes the game seem to like actually care and actually want to have a competitive scene and yep. seem to be like looking at other games like specifically Magic and seeing what they did and what was popular and successful and just you know replicating that taking the big bit, the you know the good bits and learning from the lessons. So yeah that's, that's good, it's, 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 good. it's very
1: good I mean we've been in contact with uh, I don't know whether this is just a symptom of them still being quite a small company it's quite quite yeah. small game but we you know directly in contact with like the head of tournament organization in New Zealand right <laughs> because it's from New Zealand and that's they don't have like dedicated sort of European people yet to yeah, yeah. to organize like for the pre- for the pre release and stuff um and they're they're going about it the right way in that stores sort of have to run pre-releases if they want to get the big supply of boost boxes yeah because loads of stores were just like oh crap I can just sell this for twice cost price fine get it in I don't care about the game just get it in and sell it that's fine which you know is to be expected because running a game store in the year of our law 2021 is (laughs) fucking hard Um, so if you want to make a quick book I completely understand that but they're trying to get people to actually play the game and like cultivate some kind of community about it and um, the people that came down we had two people that you know travelled from like an hour and a half away just to be at our store because there was nowhere close to them that was running a pre-release yeah um, and there were a couple of people who are like really into it and like uh, they've moved over from magic, I believe, and like sold like a bunch of their collection to fund uh, Flesh and blood and were are like really into it. and they want to help us try and get people into the game and stuff and cultivate a local scene, which be really cool. so we could do like you know Friday night flesh and blood, yeah, alongside Friday night Magic, which would be really cool. Um, and it seems like people are actually interested, but I think they, they're going about it the right way in that they're throwing basically all of their money at tournaments. Yeah, and a yeah. tournament structure, a tournament organization and, you know, running massive million dollar events
0: and Yeah, definitely. They're running stuff. huge events. They they have a really good tournament structure and they are they're cultivating a competitive scene and they're reaching out to the right people. They're working with stores, they're working with independent stores, they're working with content creators. Even like, you know, what we saw with the previews for the new set where like they sent big name content creators physical cards to show off, like Yeah. It's just it's the little touches which it can't cost them much to do that, but it it goes so much further than just oh here's a here's a JPEG. All right, now make you make your video, make your release video out right of it. or oh, it doesn't matter because it's up on Reddit six seconds after you posted it. Like, yeah, you know the kind of things that you see from Wizards of the Coast, or I feel just just that like sending out the physical card is just a really nice little touch that yeah, I think goes a long way. Yeah. So I do you know I've got no interest in 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 the game at all, the game does nothing for me in the slightest, but everything else does, so I'm definitely a lot more positive on the game than I was initially and it, it's cool to yeah. see to see that happening and I don't know, maybe it'll light a fire under Wizards of the Coast, that'd be nice
1: Yeah, does to does make them pass the actual competition <laughs> Yeah <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, like, I'm not interested in the game I mean, I, I, I like to try all-card games, like I tried Final Fantasy TCG when it came out
0: Yeah yeah,
1: uh, played a few games of Keyforge, which was alright. Um, I had to just try games, right? Because it's just fun. Yeah. My main my main hobby is playing a stupid card game. So <laughs> whenever another stupid card game comes up, I'm interested. But nothing stuck around. And like, it's it's interesting seeing as a store that something else has stuck around because you know, it's like, oh, maybe we'll stock these Pokemon things, and then they don't really go anywhere, and we don't have anyone that's interested in playing Pokemon or whatever. Similar with Yu-Gi-Oh releases or whatever. With Final Fantasy, our scene just sort of died. Um, yeah. Almost yeah, same. as quickly as it died. Um, Keyforge we just haven't stocked any of the Keyforge sets after the initial release
0: Yeah,
1: loads of other games like that Um, and it's interesting that Flesh and Blood has stuck around because the reason it piqued our interest like it did with many game stores is oh we can make money off this (laughs) there are people who are you know following shady crypto bro types talking about first edition boxes of such and such set and okay we'll keep stocking this then and then Flesh and Blood is uh, I don't know what the company's actually called but they sort of forced us to run events and that's smart Yeah. like okay if you're going to try and make money off us you have to help us out as well and cultivate our game and I think that's that's smart so yeah, it's a fun. great way to do it um, and I'd like to I'd like to cultivate another game um, especially over 18 months of people being out of the habit of going to LGSs and doing any kind of thing like playing whether that's magic whether that's tabletop gaming or anything cultivating another scene would be great yeah um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what about does, but I mean, the main reason I'm not going to get into it is because I already have several thousand pounds of magic cards and several thousand <laughs> pounds of Warhammer that yeah. I decided was my next big hobby that I'd sold into magic cards to fund. And uh, I'm not selling more magic cards to fund another card game. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, totally. Totally understandable. Yeah, it's, it's good to see the, the hype sustained, definitely. Definitely. When you're know, doing all things right, where... I do feel like Magic is getting some things wrong. And I think that's what we're going to talk about this week, right? Uh,
1: I'd like to, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we we didn't really talk about it last week, but there was quite a big announcement for Commander last week. We saw mm-hmm. the banning of, of Golos Tireless Pilgrim.
1: Yeah. They banned the most popular Commander. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what is the most powerful.
0: Yeah. The website EDH is is an absolutely fantastic resource for all things commander uh, and Golos was ranked as the number one commander it had the the commander with the most decks built around it on there by by a mile to be honest it wasn't even close Um, so yeah in terms of what actual available data there is out there Golos was without a doubt the most popular commander and just seeing it banned out of the format is big it's a really big move
1: for sure Uh, yeah I mean, so I'd like to spend this episode talking about sort of commander as as a format in itself, and how I feel about it, and yeah, almost exclusively on a personal level. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about goddess for a bit. I think it was it's interesting. I kind of I had a Godless deck for a while, and it was it was the boogeyman of any table I took it to. It yeah. just stupid. Like it doesn't matter. Like I was. It was a landfall tribal deck that had been that had been a Tatiova deck, that had been a Lord Gwyngrace deck, that had been a Zakama deck, and then they printed a five-colour commander that vaguely cared about landfall, in that it searched for a land and procked a landfall trigger, and at the time could search for probably the most powerful land in the format in Field of the Dead. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I mean, we
0: saw, yeah, we saw, you know, like, the ridiculous things that Golos was doing in, in Standard and Historic and Pioneer, like... It was it was quite obvious almost right away that that card was was incredibly powerful, you know, it, it, just by the amount it was impacting of for a format. When it was clearly like the designed for commander card, it just happened to be just so powerful that you know we we saw it we saw it take some bans and we saw it just completely warp formats because you know notably that, that interaction with Field of the Dead.
1: Yeah. I mean it's banned in every format that it does the broken thing in yeah and I think you know at the time I didn't care about the ban because I dismantled my godless deck a while ago and I'll get on to the fact that I dismantled six godless decks six decks in general um over the last year or so and I'm now left with one commander deck <laughs> um uh, but yeah I didn't really care at the time because oh, I don't have that commander that's probably right it seems very very powerful no one's doing fun stuff they're just it. doing extremely powerful stuff um and whatever, it's probably the right call. As I've said several times in this podcast, I trust the CAG and the rules committee to know what they're talking about. Yeah, because they're extremely intelligent, extremely experienced, and you know, play the format a lot. And yeah,
0: and it's not like it's the only five color commander or the only powerful mm. five color commander. I feel like there are there are so many others that you can play. Like, yeah, you might not be able to you know do the exact same thing that Golas was doing. But you can do plenty of other powerful things with other powerful five color commanders in the format.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think I was, I was like, oh, eh, that seems weird because it's not particularly broken. Um, it's not like a Leovold, um or anything, or like a Braids or anything. It's not like horribly oppressive. It's not a stacks commander. It's just casting very big power spells ahead of time, and is able to ramp and fix you without having colors to actually cast it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the, most, it's the most powerful thing. And I think the thing that turned me was specifically leading to. Um, was listening to the DDH recast that they recorded just after it got banned. But they're going like loads of actual detail and data about it that I am too lazy to do. <laughs> and I think the point that sold me was someone said that the best commander for their dragon tribal deck was Golos. And yeah. Not the Ur Dragon. And I'm like, yeah, at that point, that makes sense. Because powerful commanders we've seen in the past, like. <clears> or <throat> the most popular, most played commanders, like Breyer, which is just kind of generic but very specifically artifacts so you have to play an artifact deck uh atraxa who has a lot of build paths you can like do planeswalkers you can do plus one plus one counters you can do minus one plus one counters you can do poison counters um but is is still limited in what it can do as a commander and isn't just like a go-to four color commander just to play those colors um merin very specific moldrotha kind of generic good stuff, but very specifically you have to play some cards that actually work with it to make it to make it actually a powerful deck. Yeah, at all. And um, Golos was just like it just was just good in every deck and was probably the best card in every deck because especially something like Dragon Tribal where the average CMC of your deck is at least six. Um excluding like, you know, Sol Ring and and yeah. Ramp and stuff. Um is instead of playing like the Ur Dragon, where you get to put Ur Dragon into into play for free after spending nine mana or a commander, you get to just spin the goal and put three massive things into play and get Um, a land and and get a land of picture colours and and it was
0: just yeah Yeah. the opportunity cost of playing you know a a non-tribal commander for your tribal deck was so ridiculously low the 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 payoff was so big and again I feel like it, it kind of it kind of feeds into that problem that we always see cards getting banned for it's it's I mean not Explicitly free spells here, but the vast majority of the Massive time when you're pumping, you're pumping seven mana into Golos, so you're going to get a lot more than seven mana worth of spell out of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, like all the other five colour kind of commanders, like either they are just a five colour kind of commander that doesn't have anything to do with your deck, the, the effect isn't very powerful, so like Child of Alara, which is like just a, a Wrath from the command zone, Yeah. which now works because. Um, they change the way that commanders interact with going to the command zone. Uh, or Chromat, which is kind of bad. Um, or like uh, Kenrith, who does you know, everything generic, and is just very things. good. Yeah. But he isn't cheating on spells. He's doing very reasonably costed things. Um, which is generic, but it's like not extremely powerful. Yeah, And, you know, I've trusted the Rules Committee in the past to make decisions that are about increasing the net amount of fun yeah in the format and I think they've done a very good job of that so far you look at that with the like the Iona ban and the Paradox Engine ban where it's like these things were far too prevalent and were causing too many non-games or too many games where most of the participants weren't having fun so we're going to get rid of them and I think Golos plays a part in that because as soon as someone lands a Golos and starts activating it you're just buried under absurd value
0: yeah definitely I think it, it increases the amount of fun but also just increases the amount of variance so like for sure mm- your Commander games have replayability. You know, I, I never played Commander against Golos or with Golos, but I've certainly played a hell of a lot of Historic Brawl. And mm-hmm. yeah. 9 out of 10 decks in Historic Brawl are Golos, and all of the games go exactly the same way. I play a Golos deck on in Historic Brawl as well. Like I, I'm, I'm fully aware that I'm also the baddie, but it's the correct thing to do, because every game is turn 3 or turn 4, you'll play a Golos, turn 5 or turn 6, you'll activate Golos and win the game. And yeah. it's like yeah like every every game goes exactly the same way whereas at least with everything you know all of the other different commanders that you have every game is going to be different nothing is is doing the things that Golos was doing which was you know turn three cast your Golos get a ramp and then next turn if it lives you play a spell if it doesn't live it has to be you know it's the target for the rest of the table to take out as soon as it hits the table so it just it warps the game I think so much because it just does so much
1: and even if it gets killed it refunds itself by one yeah so you only need to find an additional mana to cast it again yeah which is probably your land drop for the turn um, yeah and I think you know it's about net fun it's about less homogeneity in the format it's about actual because like, Commander and this will lead into a lot of my opinions on the format as a whole is that it's a, it's a the point of Commander was self-expression and a lack of homogeneity and a, a focus on just doing whatever the hell you want with the cards that you like or happen to own yeah, everyone's definitely. playing goal loss regardless of what the 99 looks like that's kind of dull and it's also yeah. very powerful it's not like oh we should ban Child of Lara because everyone's playing it as their five kind commander it's like yeah because that's probably the only option at that point but when it's yeah. doing that and it's also very unfun to play against a lot of the time uh, And now I guess it's the juxtaposition of that is uh, we're talking about the rules committee trying to create the most fun for the format trying to increase variance and and, and, and fun basically uh, they also unban yeah. Worldfire for some reason <laughs> which I'm far more perplexed by <laughs> uh, as an unban I mean no one's going to play it because anyone who plays it will have not have any friends left yeah. and you know Armageddon's been legal the entire time the format has existed and people play that in very specific circumstances and if they play it wrong by which I mean they play it and then let the game go on for over 20 turns then they don't have any friends anymore or at least people that don't want to play with them And Worldfire is... I think... Worldfire looks like, yeah, it's just a big splashy effect and it it puts everyone on the same level pegging and, you know, the next person to draw a good thing wins. And it's like... The problem with Worldfire is it just invalidates the entire game before it. So if you're playing a game of Commander for 30 minutes... And someone plays a wildfire? Uh, all I of the mean, ramp that you did doesn't matter. All of the card draw doesn't matter. The creatures don't matter. The graveyard that you've, you've, you've created doesn't matter. Your life gain doesn't matter. Getting someone else down to a lower life total to try and kill them doesn't matter anymore. Because everyone's at one and everyone has nothing. It's absurd. I,
0: yeah, I mean, I think the other, the other problem that I've, I've seen as well is that, you know, this... this this world that we're living in now where Worldfire is unbanned is incredibly different to the the world where it was banned in that now we have Teferi's Protection. So you could cast a Worldfire and then Teferi's Protection on the stack so it doesn't do anything to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Which which I think that that use is fine. Yeah. Because you're winning the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because
1: you're like, okay, I managed to put myself in a position where I could resolve this very, very good spell and this very, very stupid spell in the same turn with no interaction and I've done it, I've managed to force it, force it through and now I get to win the game. Because as soon as... It's my turn again. Everything untaps. Everything yeah. comes back into play, and I can kill you with it. And that's fine because everyone's on one. Everyone has nothing. You're going to win the game, so that's kind of fine. It's like someone if someone cyclonic rifts when they have 120 power in play. Fine, you win the game. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, if you use cyclonic rift and then we play for another 20 minutes, I'm bored, and that wasn't very fun of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're wildfire and terraform is protection, fine, but if you're just going to cast wildfire and then everyone has nothing and nothing, the, the thing is, it's just you've just deleted the entire game you just played. Yeah. So the game before I had a person who was winning, things had happened, you'd draw on cards, you'd, like I said, attacked people, put them into vulnerable positions, made people make choices, made people make decisions, which is why Commander is a fun format, because it's you know having to care about what three other people do to inform the decisions that you make in a game. And now none of the decisions have mattered and you've literally just wasted your time because someone put a nine mana spell on the stack. <laughs> like, okay, that's fun, I guess. Everything I did, everything I spent the last you know, 40 minutes of my life doing is completely pointless and it was already fairly pointless because I'm playing commander (laughs) you know at least I was having fun I don't know like I I enjoy losing commander games because someone did something more fun than me and something more powerful than me and kill me and
0: Yeah, yeah for sure
1: and I was like oh you cast a good spell that meant that nothing mattered okay I, that one I don't understand, but I imagine it won't show up. I imagine I'll never play against it, and if I do play against it, I won't play that person again, or at least I'll have a conversation with them asking why the fuck they did that. <laughs> um, but I guess that's going to lead into me just moaning about Commander for however long we've got left of this recording.
0: Yeah, <laughs> go for it, go for it. But
1: yeah, it's, it's going to be fairly self-indulgent, and very much my personal opinion, and I don't think this should impact your enjoyment of the format. It's just how I'm feeling, and... Um, Joe was kind enough to let me rant for like 40 minutes so yeah
0: I mean that's it it's like I I, I don't have a horse in the commander game I think my, my approach to it is is very much you know I'm I'm a big fan of rule zero I'm a big fan of of actually using rule zero though and, and having conversations with your play group but like actual conversations and just you know sitting down and saying hey I, I want to do this, this with my deck this is why I want to do this can we try this and i mean i'm when it comes to commander i'm up for i'm up for anything i'll try i'll try anything once and if it sucks then yeah next time we play a game we'll have that conversation beforehand and say that really wasn't fun for me or you know most of the rest of us at the table last time so let's try something else this time but i'm I'm all for for trying things definitely and i think I, i think that people people need to be having better rules zero conversations i think um yeah. Rather than just you know lashing out whenever the commander rules committee does something that they don't like, or you know if their commander gets banned or whatever, like I would have no 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 problem at all sitting down against somebody who wants to play their Golos deck, and if their Golos deck is some sort of like you know they're playing like a Maze's End deck, or they they've got some some cool like I don't know so it's just some some cool game plan or strategy that isn't just like oh, I'm going to cast a bunch of spells on turn four and just annoy everybody. Like, if, if, if somebody can fully justify why they want to do something, whether that's, yeah, play a Hullbreacher or play, you know, if they want to play a Hullbreacher in their their Merfolk tribal deck that isn't drawing cards or wheeling, then yeah, sure, go for it. Like, yeah. that's absolutely fine by this me. This
1: is the thing, like, oh, I'm playing Treasure Tribal and every card I'm playing has the word Treasure on it, so can I play this Hullbreacher, please? Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: probably. I mean, at oh, the very wanna... least, we can try it. We'll play a game with it and see how it goes.
1: Yeah, do you mind if I pretend that braids is legal and that she has partners so I can play her with the other braids, and I have both as my commander. Sure, that sounds fun and you've put a lot of, you know, creativity and, and thought into your deck construction. Can I play my uh, my Golos mazes end deck? Golos when I cast him is only ever going to find um...
0: Field of the Dead.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. My goal is gonna, oh, uh, oh. only only going to find like, is it Guildgate or whatever guild gate I need, or it's going to find Maze's End, which yeah. means I have to have all ten gates and play and win the game with that. And when I spin my goal, last the best thing it's going to reveal is something that color fixes me, you know, um, yeah, stuff like that. That's that's fine, but
0: no, people cultivate that or something like yeah, yeah, go for it
1: exactly. Um, and that's what I love about Commander, and that's why I enjoyed it for so long. So I guess like to understand why I dislike Commander now which generally is my opinion at the moment is, I guess, go back to why I liked Commander and why it was a format that I played more than basically another format for such a long time is that when I started playing Magic in 2013 I would go to FNM with my very bad I won't say standard deck, standard legal deck and would get absolutely crushed by people who had put more disposable income into it had played for far longer than me were far more intelligent than me were just better at Magic than me and they crushed me um, yeah. And occasionally i win a game, but oh, that was fun. And I said enjoyed putting cards on the table and like I built a new bubbling cauldron deck, and that was fun. Uh, it's very very bad, but it's fun. And I didn't really enjoy that feeling of being constantly crushed all the time with this game that I was just getting into and seemed to really I was really enjoying. I liked all the art on the cards and whatever, so I wanted to find another way to play. And 2013, uh, Commander was still vaguely in its infancy in terms of like widespread play in, in game stores and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> my university had a Magic: The Gathering society that I joined. I was like, I, I'm embracing the fact that I'm a nerd, and I'll do this and go and hang out with other nerds and <laughs> look at me now. And uh, I, they, they all played Commander because there was. A lot <laughs> That's of, where
0: it all went wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> as I glance over at my massive Warhammer collection <laughs> as I'm recording this Magic: The Gathering podcast, um, and they all wanted to play together they wanted to play a group game because there were loads of people there and they all, they're all hanging out and they wanted to be friends and they all play Commander and I was like oh what's this I've never seen this before why your decks are so big and they uh, explained to me that it was a format where I could basically play whatever I want just pick up cards what cards do you like just put them in your deck and it'll probably be fine I was like oh cool I'll build a deck then so I had like a I opened a, a Tristani from Returns of Ravnica because yeah. I was relentlessly buying Returns of Ravnica packs because I thought Ravnica was cool and I built a really bad Trostani deck and played with people and we do like Commander two-headed giant so that like eight people could all play at once and it's kind of stupid and it was basically just people the cards that they happen to own and maybe they'd buy a couple of like their, their budget would be like £10 a month for Magic Cards and then just buy these cards and put them all together and it was about self-expression and having fun and just playing whatever you wanted and that's what I enjoyed and then you know as the years passed and as uh, I got a full-time job and was more <laughs> responsible with my money and, and could spend it on Random nonsense like trading cards. Um, I built more powerful decks, but that ethos of like I want my things to be I want to play this format because it's fun still stuck with me. And I got into like modern and legacy and you know drafting in a more serious way. And those were competitive, and I really enjoyed like scratching that competitive itch where like the entire point was to play better than the person sitting opposite me. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's really very fun. much the
0: yeah, it's very much the magic art I, I enjoy. You try to try to really figure out the game and play every turn optimally while your opponent is trying to also do that as well and yeah it's absolutely my favorite type of magic it's why you know it's why i love limited it's why i love cube it's why i love legacy because that's that kind of magic it's cool
1: yeah and i like playing fun decks i like playing kind of bad decks i like playing decks that speak to me which is why i've played maverick for like five years now um, it's never been the best it never will be the best but it's you can always do okay with it and it's really fun and that's why I play that deck and that competition that, that idea of just sitting down against one other person and your only goal is to beat that person there are no feel-bads there are no like oh why did you do that it's just me against you and putting stupid wizards on the table and dragons and stuff and that's fun yeah. but I also wanted to be able to just you know put an actual world spine worm on the stack and yeah. have it resolve and I still wanted to do that kind of thing and, and play with more people and have a more sort of casual way to interrupt the game so I kept playing Commander, and like, like I said, my, my budget got bigger and I could afford to buy fancier things and, and powerful spells. But my, my ethos for deck building was always just like, I want this to be fun, I want to be able to do like a fun thing, and my deck has an idea, but also I want everyone else to do what they want, and it's about having fun, and all of that stuff that I, I genuinely believe that Commander was for, for such a long time, and I, I don't think that it's not trying to be that, I just think it's sort of failing at that task currently. So that's where I, I was with Commander until about... probably the start of the pandemic, honestly. Yeah. and you know new cards would get printed and I'd be like oh this this, this there was a there was a real good time between like I don't know, when I first started playing in like 2018 2019 where every set that came out there'd be like one card for one of my five EDh decks that would be very specifically good there and occasionally that was a mythic and it was really yeah. cool and, and sort of defined a different strategy that the deck could play sometimes and sometimes it was just a good value common or something and you get to like now, the last probably two years, and every set has at least five cards that I feel, and we'll get to this, I feel compelled to put into my commander deck. Yeah. That are very, very good. So we had Arcane Signet and Gavin Ver here said that he thinks that's a mistake, and that's fine, but also I kind of like that. Like, that card is cheap now, or at least relatively. It's always about the same price as a sorcery. Right? That's cheap to me in terms of building a commander deck. And. I think that access to that card's fine. You always have good fixing, and that's that's cool. Because that's not fun. That's not flashy. That's not exciting. It's just I get to cast my spells on time and with the right colors, and that's good. <laughs> um, but you know, smothering tithe, darkside extortionist, whole breacher, fairies protection, heroic intervention. Yeah, all these cards that like are so non-specific and so powerful and so game-winning or at least game-saving. Like, make sure you don't die. Or, or really put you in, like, really swing the game into your favour, that don't do anything specific. mean, like, what does side Extortionist do other than create a shitload of mana and have the potential to be abused with stuff like Team of Sabertooth or whatever? Yeah. And I don't think those cards are very fun. I don't think Psychonic Rift is very fun. Um, I don't think Psychonic Rift is very fun because every time it's been cast against me, I've gone, ugh. Um, but that's fine I'm kind of okay with that at some, so at some point So if someone casts a Wrath That sucks But I get to keep playing the game
0: Yeah
1: But everyone's playing These like very specific cards And it's not like Oh everyone was playing A Wrath of God variant Everyone was playing Ramp spells Because those are fine And those are The building blocks of decks And everyone should play more Wraths That should be my main PSA is Play more fucking wrath. So I don't have to spend My entire game Controlling the board With my graveyard deck Yeah what I want to do is put a bunch of Blood Arts effects into play, but what I'm having to do is cast Target Dage and Damnation every turn so we don't all die. Um, but yeah, this, every deck has, you know, a certain level, assuming people have the, the budget for it, every white deck has Smothering Tithe, every blue deck had Hole Breacher and Cyclonic Rift, every green deck has Heroic Intervention, every, I like, and I find that really boring. And then you cut to this year specifically where people have run the numbers and there are already at time of recording the 20th of September 2021 1,500 legendary creatures that have been printed so far this year. And that's absurd to me. No, uh, not
0: 1,500.
1: Is it not? How many is it?
0: 151.
1: Sure. That's what I meant to say. It's, it's a lot of cards. a lot of legendary cards. Don't cut that out. Oh, I like to sound stupid. Sure, sure. Uh, that's so many legendary creatures. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Some, some years we had like 12. And most well, of yeah. the group,
0: just looking at the list now, like we want to go back to twenty fourteen. There were twenty four legendary creatures printed in that year. Twenty fifteen, there were forty five. Twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, there were fifty two each. Twenty eighteen, there was ninety two. Twenty nineteen, there was seventy eight. Twenty twenty, there was hundred and seventy six. And twenty twenty one there's hundred and fifty one. That's absurd. Recording.
1: Yeah, this it, isn't... it's ridiculous. So uh, last year, ridiculous. last year was the year of Commander last year had a specific commander set had more commander decks so I mean the jump from 24 to 50 to 90 is still absurd but at yeah. least last year you were like okay they're really trying to push this and most of those are partners and most of them are uncommons, and kind of not very really good but the year that had Dominaria in it had Dominaria in it and that was the point um, of having loads of, new, loads of creatures but this year what commander specific thing has happened? Wait did commander come out this year? No it came out last year, uh, no? last year. Come 2020 out last year. exactly yeah um, uh, yeah, last
0: year was, was the year of Commander, quote-unquote.
1: Yeah. So, why have that many creatures, like, that, that mean, Legendary creatures? And you see that with, like, the sort of, the shift in, in decks. Like, most Commander decks have all of their cards pretty much are printed after the year 2015, probably. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is to do with people being new to the game and, and not knowing about older cards, not being able to afford older cards, only having access to the new cards and all that stuff, and that's totally fine. Um, and, but you know, a lot of people I'm playing against who like, have been playing for 10 plus years most of their cards are from the last few years and <laughs> I played Commander to get away from that is yeah. the crux of my argument I played Commander because I didn't want to have to worry about rotation, worry about new cards coming out that were defining for my deck that would be expensive didn't have to worry about having the newest thing to be able to hold my own and it's like, sure, I don't have to play those cards, I don't have to pick up a Teferus Protection, I don't have to play Side Extortionist, all of these things, but I'm behind. Because if I refuse to play those cards on some kind of weird moral high ground, then I'm behind those people. My deck is fundamentally less powerful than the people who are playing all of the most powerful non-specific banger cards from the last few years. Yeah. And the Legendary Creatures are part of that in that the oldest commander I see most of the time is like a Mildrefer. And that's not that old. You don't see, like... Or an Atraxa. Yeah, exactly. You don't see, like, even the older Commander cards like Aloro or the Mimeoplasm or anything anymore. Yeah. Even Prosh, who I... When I first started playing Commander, was the worst thing I'd ever seen because it always killed me and I didn't know how to beat it. Like, I, I longed for the days of only playing against Prosh decks. And that was before people did the Food Chain combo all the time. So I just couldn't beat a bunch of Kobolds being sacked and <laughs> Blood ice killing me. And uh, that just, like... The, the fundamental problem there is Wizards of the Coast just pumping... Commander cards at. Whether that be massively skewing the number of legendary creatures and just artificially inflating the number of legendary creatures so that people have more options to build commander decks, I don't think (laughs) more people get into commander because they saw another legendary creature. Because there's a point, there's a tipping point at that, where I think having a few more legendary creatures, people see more options, they open a boost pack, they're like, oh, this is a cool legend, I'll build around this. But when there are like 30 per set, that's so many, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. and so many of them go unbuilt if you go on EDH Rec there are so many commanders that were clearly just like random commander plants that didn't need to be legendary the set didn't care about legends um, it's not you know an old lore card that they finally found a way to to put in the set um, it's just a random legendary creature that's brand new and we don't care about them and we never see them again and they have like 10 decks to their name and that was just people on release being like yeah this is fine and they just never playing the deck yeah and you have that many that, that many Legendary creatures that go unplayed and then you have the Golos and these cards that are so massively pushed and then it bleeds into other formats because you're so so focused on, on building, like, printing cards towards Commander that you have things like Omnath. You, yeah. have, you have things like Golos. You, you have got
0: have... Feel of the Dead. You see all, all of the yeah. problems that that creates for other formats. Standard.
1: Yeah. and When they did stuff like We'll put Scapeshift in a core set because commando players would like to have a Scapeshift. That's fine. Cause ScapeShift didn't happen to be good in that standard format.
0: Yeah, it was it was good for that brief you know month month and a bit window where you had Scapeshift field Z in the in the same format, which I guess was kind of the point. I I feel like that that's something that we did see like quite a bit towards the end of a format we would see a really cool combo deck like that appear but it would only it wouldn't be playable for very long but while it was here we got to play with it and it was fun you know we saw the the last time it, i guess the time before that was the uh the paradoxical outcome with flux reservoir deck that only worked because there was a bunch of cards all in standard at the same time for six yeah. weeks until they were rotated out mm-hmm. so it, it's cool it was really cool that that deck could exist for a little while but the other cards that were clearly designed for commander caused so many problems for the format that they had to yeah. be banned out and that that just damages confidence in the format
1: for sure and i do
0: and like you know that that's that's cards that were printed and set i think like it's probably also worth mentioning that like Kovold was designed clearly as a commander and that yeah. had some impact on standard as well and that was not a card that was available in booster packs
1: yeah and I mean, there are so many splinter points off this. Like, yeah. so you had the, the the Sam Black mentioning that the modern Horizons two buybacks from was meant to be Caracas, and that Caracas would have been an interesting thing to introduce to modern, would have changed things. But yeah. we accidentally made too many creatures legendary because we we're trying to support commanders. So Caracas is just miserable <laughs> now because it <he> has <laughs> basically every creature you would ever want to play. Um, and there, there's just there are so many points to splinter off this specific, this specific scenario. Like, so they they. It ruined a bunch of formats by printing powerful commander cards um and then ruining standard historic pioneer modern probably legacy and that's just that's not good when your focus is too much on one thing you're then jeopardizing the rest of your game which we still exist by the way yeah <laughs> i know commander's is very very profitable and very very fun and a lot basically most people play it at this point everyone has at least a deck um and you're jeopardizing the formats. Like We want to play other formats. The the consistent production of brand new cards to Commander is, in my opinion, and again, this is all my opinion, flies in the face of the philosophy of Commander. Commander is, oh, uh, this card from an old standard set that was pretty fun to play in standard that is no longer playable anywhere, that is no longer playable anywhere, I can put in this deck and I can play again for the first time in four years five years and this card looks really fun this old card and I'll, i'll get to play this and i never get to play this anywhere like there are cards in standard sets that are kind of fun but they never break it into standard and they would never break into an internal format but you get to play them again that's really fun and then when you're designing cards specifically for commander they're just like so pushed and so obviously for the format and so like there's some of that magic is taken away where like you you know happen to find this thing that's really good in your X commander deck and now it's just like oh yeah this heroic intervention that they printed on the standard set was clearly a commander plant this smothering tire was clearly a commander plant oh yeah, this entire 100%. set was commander plant so you're just like forcing these things on this format so that other more fun not well not necessarily more fun but in my subjective opinion more fun are being pushed out of the format and there are like strictly better versions and then there are cards that just do that thing slightly better or, oh, I had to cut this fun card because there wasn't enough room once I put my Smothering Time, my Tiferous Protection, my Heroic Intervention, my Hull Bridge, etc., 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 and you, you don't have anything left, you just have all these brand new cards that they've printed specifically for the format that it is homogenous, and it is, there is a lack of creativity, and that you know doesn't just exist in the command zone with everyone playing, Moldrotha when it came out and well, Atraxa when it came out and Golos when it came out you also have it in the 99 where like everyone's playing like yeah. these like 20 spells that are like very good and, and that even goes for specific strategies like there are cards that are very specifically good in like a zombie tribal decks so and every zombie, zombie Zombie deck plays them and you have to play them otherwise your zombie deck's not up to, up to snuff right and you're going to fall behind if you're not playing them and commander is no longer. Oh, I'm going to go in my shoebox and build this commander deck, which is really fun. Um, and I never really enjoyed doing it because I always felt like I wanted to like buy some cards specifically for a deck. But that was really fun, and what got a lot of people to the format. And you can't do that anymore. Yeah. And again, again, it's, again You can't almost. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, you can, don't be. Don't be deck you, deck. <laughs> you
0: can certainly do it, but you you know you have to have that conversation with your playgroup beforehand. You, you can't just. You couldn't just you know builds like I, i'm gonna play dinosaur tribals so yeah i'm gonna play Zakama as my as my commander but i'm gonna play every dinosaur that's available and stick that in my deck rather than some you know some specific combo or whatever if you turn up to it like an lgs or a magic fest or if you're playing on magic online if you turn up with, with that build you end up just getting punished for that really like for sure yeah and that kind of sucks it kind of feel feel like that kind of goes against what the format should be like yeah everybody everybody should be playing their their merfolk tribal decks their you know their, their krenko goblin tribal decks like you should be playing you know what you want to play but i don't know i feel like, like decks should have have an identity rather than just like you sit down and oh what you're playing oh i'm playing the golos deck i'm playing the the cast deck or whatever like rather than yeah i don't know i feel like I, I do understand why people want to play like 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 optimum versions of Commander and like CEDH and like that stuff is, is cool definitely it's definitely something that I'm interested in but I, I I don't think you know all Commander games should be like that, not all Commander games should be the same, like there shouldn't be this expectation that oh you're playing this deck so your deck does this, like I I, I should be surprised by the things that your deck plays like you should, you should mm-hmm. flip over like I don't know, just like a some weird uncommon from like legions that I've never seen before and get I get super excited about because you're you know you're playing some like weird old card and, But no, it's just a card that was printed from 2019 onwards like
1: yeah, yeah. Um, That's most of my issue is that fun or People's favorite or interesting Creative cards are being pushed out the format in favor of these things that were designed specifically to do powerful things and I yeah, kind of liked it, it the old like Commander 11 Commander 13 where like they put these decks together it's like did an idiot put this together did a person who never played the format put this together or Are they just trying to make money off this and just don't really, like, don't really think about the the cards that went into the deck and I miss that <laughs> I miss like pre yeah. being kind of bad and you get that opportunity to be like oh why is this card in there I'm going to put this fun card that I just opened for my boots back in and now Commander X Yeah, or like, box.
0: you and your friends all buy one of them each, and you play a couple of games straight out of the box against each other, and then you're like, right, oh, we're going to take these away, and we're going to upgrade them, and then we'll come back and fight them once they're upgraded. Yeah. Yeah, whereas now it's like, yeah, you crack them out of the box, and they're, like, reasonable against most decks.
1: Yeah, and that's that's my problem, just printing all these powerful cards that you're printing on purpose. And it's like with my Merrin deck, like, you know, I'm not playing... Um, not playing Demonic Tutor, not playing Vampiric Tutor not playing any tutors of any kind outside of Birthing Pod because the whole point of the deck was I want to play Birthing Pod and that's yeah. it, and that's, you know, Birthing Pod's obviously a very, very powerful card, and everyone kills it on site because it's stupid and that's completely reasonable um, but that was the whole point of the deck I want to build a Birthing Pod deck and I like merin, and I like Blood Arts Defects so put the deck together, but I'm not playing the tutors I'm not playing, I have a very heavy token sub thing, I'm not playing Dublin season or Parallel Our Lives uh, I'm playing, like <laughs> spider spawning because I think spider's is really fun, but it's not good. Um, and I just... There, there feels like more and more of a push to be like, you should be playing this, you should be playing this, you should be playing this. And, sure, I don't have to. Of course I don't have to. Um, I can play however I want, but then I play against people and I get absolutely crushed by these other cards. That's yeah. not fun either. <laughs> it's not fun at all. Um, I probably should have a Teferi's protection for my opponent's Cyclonic Rift. You know, I should have a Force of Negation... Uh, not Force of Negation, uh, Fierce Guardianship for my opponent's Cyclonic Rift. You know, I should have these these answers that they're printing, that these very, very powerful spells that have no equal in the format that just automatically take up a slot. Because before it was like, oh, I hate that every deck has to have a Sol Ring and Command Tower. Now I say, every deck has to have Commander, Command Tower, Sol Ring, Arcane Signet, all of these things and I find that frustrating and boring and I'm falling out of love with the format because of it it's basically my point and like I've taken yeah. apart most of my commander decks because I mean a lot of that is the nights on which I would normally play commander I now work <laughs> uh, and watch other people play commander and sell them things for their commander decks um, which is fun in itself and I also signed up for that job on purpose knowing that that was the point and that was what I would be doing <coughs> um, but I don't get to play as much at these two. so like what's the point in having seven commander decks that I get to play like once a week at most yeah um, totally, totally and I just felt like I was constantly upgrading these decks and you know these decks needed this and this and this and this and they felt a little bit too powerful and I was like trying to tune them down and like that wasn't very fun because like I've, I've tuned down my Merion deck like it's it's tuned and it's a I, I <laughs> the whole power level I, the whole power level scale is like an episode in itself because I think it's yeah. <laughs> fucking stupid um, but I think it's probably about a seven or an eight it, the start of the game it's probably like in terms of b- building, like like your board state, it's probably like a four. In terms of the mid game, it's probably like a seven, and in terms of the end game, it's probably a nine. And it goes along that because at the start of the game, I can just get wiped out and I don't really do anything. And then the mid game, I can hold my own because I just have a recursive board state. And at the end, you all die immediately to a, r- a recurred Gray Merchant Ambassador yeah. or a recurred Kakusho. Mm-hmm and that's not even in one turn most of the time that's like over a couple of turns because I reanimated with Merrin and you have a chance to respond and everyone has a chance to change the board state get rid of my thing bajuca bug me do stuff and that's why I built that deck because like a lot of people think my Meron deck is very very powerful and I've been told by many people that it's not an 8 or whatever stupid whatever stupid arbitrary number I essentially pulled out of my ass yeah. uh, at the time when someone asked me what my power level on my deck was but it feels very very powerful when I'm like Reanimate this Grey Merchant of Asphodel, and reanimate this Kakusha, and then sacrifice them to this, and then I get to bring them back, and then this trick is this, and all that stuff. Like that feels very powerful at that point, but you realise that for the last thirty minutes I've been doing effectively nothing,
0: yeah. yeah, And I'm just playing with fun
1: cards that I like because they're cool, and I play a Spider spawning and my Tarteclus because they make me have experience counters, yeah. And yeah, I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like that's the path that everyone else is following anymore, and I feel outside of that, and I feel like I should be replacing every set, like, like I said, even for my Mer, I have one mirror deck, I have a deck, right? And every set, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. good, that's pretty good, that's pretty better than this, this better than this, this is good. Mate, that sucks. And I, I, I kind of, at my, this point in my, I mean, my deck is fully foiled, has all the versions that I like, is extremely pretty in my personal opinion, and it sucks that I feel like I, sh- I should remove stuff because something better got printed.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's almost like a pseudo rotation. Like
1: And that's problem, You yeah. know,
0: something something that we've seen in in other formats like Modern and Legacy when they, they've done this, when they've released your know, format shifting cards in things like Modern Horizons and I guess even Commander Legends to some extent. And it, it sucks that you know Commander is Commander is supposed to be the you know, the format where you can just where you can just play your cards. You can just play your cards and have fun. But yes, it, it's hardly going to be fun if you don't if you don't keep up with the rest of the table, is it? And if the rest of the table is buying new no. cards, then you have to buy them too. And it is—it's just like a pseudo rotation that kind of sucks.
1: Yeah, and this is what I don't understand about like this consistent. This will be my final point, I guess. Um, and I could say much more and probably repeat myself loads of times about the points I've already made. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's the point. Like the whole reason I wanted to play Commander is because I, I didn't like the idea of rotation and the idea of like being forced yeah. to play certain things and being beaten by people who had more income than I did. And yeah, it, it's it's something that
0: you see you know so many times working in, in an LGS. You talk to somebody about Magic and they'll say, "Oh no, I don't play standard. Or oh, I stop playing standard because it rotated. Now I only play Commander. Like that's incredibly, yeah. incredibly common saying that you would hear so many people say.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's not the case anymore. Yeah. And everything is just pushing at the group, and this leads into my other point. It's like, why are we just printing new cards for the format constantly? Why, when it was like, you know, okay, we're going to give because it's a good profitable. Card. Yeah, for sure. It's
0: it's one hundred percent why. It's it's the sure. you know, and 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 that's not to be in like a, oh, oh capitalism evil or Wizards of the Coast shouldn't make any money or they should stop doing this. It's like well, like no, it's just it's 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 the way it's the way it works. Wizards of the Coast as a business very much follow the you know the model that works in other industries specifically the AAA video game industry like like most big businesses most multi-billion dollar corporations they chase you know quarterly quarterly profit that's it's all it's all they care about making that quarterly profit consistent um, you know constant growth that quarterly growth is something that they really really push for and and you know one of the easiest things and one of the most effective things they can do is constantly push these these tuned you know more powerful cards in their most popular format and from a a business perspective you can't fault them for doing what works but it's you know like like i've said before when talking about other formats it's just a a shame that it comes at the expense of their game
1: yeah exactly and i think the thing with with that is like i understood when it was like all right we're going to print to protection because white needs a good card Okay, well, you've, you haven't bolstered white, you've made every deck that plays white play a card. Okay, yeah. we're giving you Swuthering Tithe. Okay, well, every white deck that, <laughs> you know, everyone's playing white is going to play Swuthering type because it's very, really, yeah. very powerful. And sure, it made the mono-white decks better, but it made the Abzan decks even better. Um, and I kind of got that, and you, I, I understand that. But then when it got to, like, Commander Legends, where it's just a set full of that stuff, and even the uncommons are very, very good, I don't think we need this, this constant juicing of the format, this constant rotation, this constant... Introduction of brand new strategies, these brand new, very, very powerful cards. And in
0: in terms of gameplay, we don't really. We absolutely don't. But in terms of, you know, was the coast consistently hitting their their targets? Then yeah, yeah, the game needs this. It's that's the pattern they're in. Unfortunately, it's the pattern that every business, every massive successful business, in you know the time that we live under the systems that we live under. You know, operates on, and it, it's clearly incredibly successful for them, so they're stuck in a cycle where they have to completely, you know, they have to keep doing this until until it doesn't work anymore, and then they'll try something different. Yeah. But, who knows if or when that'll actually happen.
1: And um, I liked Commander Legends for a lot of reasons. I liked it for, like, yeah. giving us very specific niche bad cards, like, gave us a load of pirates, because people didn't yeah. try to build pirate tribal <clears throat> since X-Line came out, and slightly before that, <laughs> no Prism- avail,
0: Prismatic Piper for your pauper commander.
1: Sure. Like, it It gave us, like, some cool, very niche-specific things that, like... And, you know, I like when we have returning mechanics, so, like, now you can probably build, with, with Modern Horizon 2, you can probably build, like, a food deck. Where, like, yeah, basically every that, card cares definitely. about food. And that's sweet, and I was considering doing that, and then I remembered that I hate commander now. So I just didn't. <laughs> um, and I... I like that when it's like very specific and like the food tribal deck's going to be kind of bad, but it's going to be kind of fun. And you know, like with, with the pirates, with with like treasure, you can build like a treasure tribal deck, and I think that's kind of interesting and that's fun. Yeah,
0: totally. Um, I think the only the only way you can really sort of mitigate the problem or also solve the problem really is is just in in the play group that you play in decide the rules amongst yourself. Decide you. know, to have this conversation with the people that you play with and say this is how i'm feeling about the format i wanted to play commander to get away from rotation all of this you know all of these changes all of these powerful cards that are constantly released kind of make the format rotate let's say we put a ban on you know x amount of cards printed in in certain year or you, you can't play cards printed before a certain year or after a certain year or or whatever, just find what what works for you and in, in your playgroup. I feel like is the only the only real solution. The only real solution to the game is is to not play the game, right? and yeah, play your own the, game.
1: The only problem with that is that people don't like when I say that, and they're perfectly they're perfectly yeah, entitled to it, do that, and they shouldn't. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. And it's it it's not something that's that's done very easily because you, you know you can't you can't just you can't just rock up at a at a magic fest or an FNM or a local game store anywhere with your deck and just expect everybody to be on, the, be on the same page. It's something that you have to cultivate a community for yourself, and it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. I think it's possible, definitely, but it's, it's it's not easy, and it takes a lot more effort than, you know, just buying the next commander set does, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is, obviously, this whole thing is a push to get as many people into commander as possible and support the people who want to play commander, but I think they already have a way of doing that that is probably slightly less valuable money-wise. But it's still, like, very good at getting people to play commander. Is that you re- reprint the staples in yeah. your master set. You actually make an actual commander masters. Make an actual commander masters. Do Continue doing the thing where, you like, you print Cultivate in a standard set. You print... Yeah,
0: a Grim Tutor in a standard set.
1: Sure, exactly. Like, these cards that already existed that now people have the access to. They're, they're the cards that people just, you know, they're not that expensive, but they were $2, now they're 50 cents. Yeah. you keep doing those things you print uh, occasionally you print a Crucible of worlds in a commander set in, in a standard set and it's not particularly used from the standard set but it's still a valuable thing I think people can open and trade for and it reduces the price of that for a commander deck escape shift stuff like this and I I I, I don't understand why we, we got away from that model and the the other choice was I'll oh, just print new cards for the format that make the format very different every month okay. and pre- just reprint the cards because then people will still open the Cult of be like, oh, sweet, I need this on my Commander deck, or, like, oh, this big Mythic, like, you know, I don't know. You put Psychonic Rift in a Master set, and, like, yes, I need this, from like, like, what's this card? I hadn't thought about playing this in a Commander before. You still get people into Commander. People open that, and they, they don't have to see a brand new Shiny Legend every time. Make Commander Masters, but it's a £3.50 booster product. Great Commander Masters, but it's cheap. And because so, the people that are going to the, the, the part of the problem with the model is that people that are trying to get into commander, the people that they want to get into commander, are yeah. buying the standard sets, and they're, they're buying the cheap booster packs because they don't have a lot to spend yeah. to make their money against the format. And then they're seeing these brand new legendary creatures instead of like reprints of old cards that might get them into the format that might be interesting. And if they want to do that, they have to spend more money. Like, it's where Commander Legends, like as a model, was pretty good because it was an affordable boost product that was basically the same price as a standard booster pack. But had more interesting stuff in it, and if all of that was reprints instead, there maybe be a couple of cards to flesh out, like pirates, or a yeah. couple of like extremely niche commanders.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's something that we are seeing more and more with with, I guess, Masters products. I think mean, you know we saw it quite a bit in in Double Masters last year, and I assume next year we'll see it a lot again. Was, you know, we saw in last year Dublin season Crypt with the big chase, big chase mythics from that set, and we you know the next one the only card that we know is in the set is Amanatu, and that's obviously a commander card. Yeah. So, I think they, they will definitely be seeing more commander staples in, in master sets, for sure. Yeah. But right. I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, the model that they use clearly works very well for them, um, in terms of, of doing what it's meant to, and generating you know, record-breaking profits every time they release a product. And as long as that continues, it, it's not going to change, and it, as, as long as you have to keep buying these new cards and buying these products then then that's not going to change and the cycle just fulfills itself it's there's there's no there's kind of no way to break the cycle unfortunately I think apart from taking it in your own hands and it, it's, it's something that we've seen we've seen in other formats we've seen you know things like old school and pre-modern it's it's players not liking how other constructive formats are going and taking it into their own hands and creating their own. Formats and building their own communities around that, and I think, I think really it's the the only way to sort of break out of that e- ecosystem is to actually just break out of that ecosystem, which sucks in a way. It absolutely does suck in a way, but that's that's the answer, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I'm just not having very much fun playing Commander anymore, and that sucks because the yeah. entire point of Commander is fun. Understandable. The entire point of because you know, like I said, Constructive Magic is fun, Competitive Magic is fun. I loved going to that one legacy GP we had in the UK and playing top tier magic against actual good people and everyone's bought their best deck yeah. and stuff and I enjoy that but I want the other aspect as well and maybe I, I'm asking too much and wanting that And maybe I'm just you know no one else feels the way I do and I'm just gonna stop playing commander and have vaguely reduced the amount of fun I get from a game now. But that's a, it's just not like, as fun anymore, and it feels like the focus is no longer on fun. It's about juicing people's decks, and that's not why I wanted to play the casual, fun, four-player, stupid format. That's it, I think.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, because there's so much variance and there's there's so many. It's, a, it's such a complex issue. I think because such a, it's such a complex issue, really. You know, in this equation, the only people that get to have their cake and eat it are Wizards of the Coast, unfortunately. And you know, that's, that's no slight against the people that work there. It's it's more of a slight against the this oppressive system that we live under, unfortunately. But you know, hey, if you if you do still want to play Golos, you can play in Historic Brawl in Magic Arena, Magic's premier digital client.
1: Yeah, you can. I think the problem is I've just I've, I've just bummed myself out. Yeah, that's what's happened. <laughs> is that you know yeah. all these uh. These thoughts have been swirling around my head for the last 18 months or so, and finally, just sort of getting them out in one freeform rant has sort of made me feel quite sad because I oh, used to really enjoy um, Commander. I mean, you know, this is probably just a me problem, and that's fine. And I'll get over it, and I'll go do something else, and I'll be fine. But I just, yeah, it was it was meant to be the fun sort of relief from competitive rotating magic that I no longer have. Kind of sucks. Everyone's deck's much better than mine, and I'm bored. <laughs> and I just think like you know there's a whole conversation about CDH and people tuning their decks and making their decks really really powerful just like, and someone will sit down and be like yeah my deck's like a 7 and then we'll just like combo the shit out of me on turn 4 and just like well that wasn't fun like and that's fine if they find that fun and their friends find that fun and the other two people in the pod find that fun and great And say like, that wasn't fun I've just wasted 30 minutes of my life shuffling this fucking deck and drawing cards and I don't I didn't want to do that why am I here you know yeah it just it just feels like I'm at odds with the the general commander ethos and the ethos that has been so hammered home by Iwati. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just feel a bit lost with it, which sucks a lot. Yeah, because I and I I think I think <laughs> um I think a lot of the problem is with that commander players don't play any other formats now. Yeah, this is my final final point. <laughs> commander players don't play any other formats really, and people are commander players and i think there is no distinction between what is constructive magic and what is casual magic and people don't have that so like the reason i like commander so much is because i play so much legacy and modern and that is like i was saying just sitting down and my entire point is to beat you and it's cool if fun things happen and there's a story that's cool but uh, the whole point is just that we play as competitively as possible play the best cards we can and kill each other and then commander is just do what you do what you want. And I think so many people like it is now sort of the norm that people are a commander player first and then another format player second. Yeah, which and they don't have that always that confuses that me. Like
0: whenever yeah. I see people wanting to get into magic, it's always like it's always just like yeah, let's oh yeah, commander's what you want to play. Let's start you with commander. Whereas I feel like that's to me that seems like the most complex place you could start anybody in terms of magic.
1: Yeah, and it's it's that. That lack of being able to differentiate between the the, the forms of magic, because magic is a complex and diverse game, and I think the point yeah, is that there's which
0: like... I, I guess I guess that's probably that's probably quite a big issue. That I don't really know how you would explore it, but it is certainly worth exploring. I think for somebody far more intelligent than I am, like that whole <laughs> that whole kind of thing of like there must be so many magic players that the only thing they've ever known is commander, and they've always just written off of a, you know, of a constructive format because they were told right from the start, oh no, you should play commander. Commander's good; it doesn't rotate, and that's always been their men- their mentality. And oh, that sucks. If you have enough of those people, then yeah, that that's gonna, you know, help to continuously perpetuate this this cycle that we live in, where these new cards come out and those people get excited because, oh, their constructive format gets a new card. Their constructive format gets a new playable, powerful card, whereas everybody else who played other constructed formats already have that experience and, and you know, very much know how that works and that is, they have their formats for that whereas Commander's their escape from that yeah, yeah. it's it's a complex is that, issue
1: I think that's, that's the biggest bugbear for me, probably Yeah, is that there is yeah, people are just forced into Commander these days yeah. and there's no sort of because Commander for me has always been I want to play a game similar to the game that I enjoy playing competitively and um you know powerfully but with, with the same game pieces I want to break from this but I still like the lore and the cards and there are some cards I don't get to play so I want to play them here and now it's just this is where I only play all my cards and this is the only game I play and that's so different from where I am like where I go yeah. to events and play Commander with like random people strangers at GPs or big events and they've pushed their deck to the nth degree because they don't they have no experience of a format where the entire point is pushing your deck to the nth degree. Um, yeah. So my decks reserve, my my, my decks, like, reigned in and their deck is full throttle and that doesn't work for me and also most of my friends have stopped playing Magic so I don't have a group of people I can consistently play with anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of the problem because, like, rules are <laughs> a conversation is great. If, you're, if, like, I had a group of friends who was like, I really want to play this way, then sure, but I just, I tend to play with like random people to turn up at the sharp or, like, you know, people that just happen to be there. Yeah. So it's very difficult to all be on the same page.
0: Anyway, that's enough being sad. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. Say, I, I think like like I said, I think it's an incredibly complex issue. I think we've d- discussed it in a reasonable amount, though. And yeah, for me, it's it's not a problem that I'm too involved in, just because I don't I don't really care about the format that much. I have, I guess, I technically have two commander decks because. I have that one that I built that I love, that that Wheels one, it was, it's super, super fun, that we built on here, that's a great one, uh, and then, yeah, I have another one which is just cards that I own, and that's fine, that's, that's, my, my engagement in the format is literally just playing over webcam with random people sometimes, uh, and it'll be cool to have a deck to take to a GP in case, for whatever reason, I find myself in a commander pod, but, yeah, I feel like I'm very, very much outside of the issue, but I, I do think it is... It's definitely an important issue, and it, it, it's it's an it's an issue that is is definitely affecting Magic as a whole. I don't think it's an easy fix outside of just stepping outside of that ecosystem, which which sucks.
1: It sucks. We appear to have slipped into the twilight zone. Yeah. <laughs> you you now own more Commander decks than I do.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Who'd bizarre.
1: have thought? When we How we this podcast, when we started this year, who'd have thought that? It's it's, it's been one of those years hasn't it <laughs> and on that yeah, note nothing think, is the same
0: I think that's all we have time for this week come let us know your opinions on Commander uh, how do you feel about this the weird pseudo rotation and power creep and yeah, come let us know your feelings and get us on social media on twitter we're at hfdcast facebook.com slash hfdcast or if you've really enjoyed anything this episode would like to give back in a monetary value you can hit us up on patreon or patreon.com slash our devastation Tier start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 to $0.25 cents per episode.
1: Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Manalink.com, where you can go and use promo code H-O-F-D-5 to get 5% off your entire order, including Innerstrap Midnight hunt seal product. Does that include Commander X? It will do, yeah, once we get some more, because Wizards of the Coast changed the way that they ship Commander X to stores now, so we massively underpriced our ones and they sold out within the day. Uh-oh. Because Commander X used to come in packs of six but this one comes in packs of four so we price them at the same model as the cost price but the cost price is the same so we priced them as if we were getting six of them for that amount of money but we actually got four of them for that amount of money so we lost money on the first lot of commander decks we sold but we're getting more so buy them from us please <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i me I'm on my own personal social media on twitter i'm at peach garden oaf on facebook i'm joe loudon you am find me in pretty much any of the magic groups usually talking about the price of uh, mystery booster type plate cards as there's, uh, there's a lot of misinformation going on there misunderstanding
1: Joe, I have a phantom centaur from Mystery Booster.
0: Yeah. That's. Uh, and it's
1: got black text. Is that is that worth loads of money? Because it's got black Is
0: text. that anything? No, it's not. No, it's not. We'll, every time maybe, maybe. I see.
1: <laughs> every time I scroll through Facebook, I just see you commenting on one of those posts, being like, no, we all know about this. Every one looks like this. And it's very funny to me
0: yeah maybe we'll do an episode about misprints or something something interesting something fun something a bit different I think sure. in the future yeah. I've got a lot of a lot of love for that world we haven't really talked about it much on here but yeah like I said I do stream on Twitch as well every Friday night we do FNM we do a whole host of different things we did some historic arena last Friday which was very out of character but very fun that is twitch.tv slash come hang out it's a good time uh, you can find me on
1: Twitter at GeneSnealer. nice <laughs> where it's it's still nice. Whether there's is, a sixty nine or not,
0: it's still nice.
1: It's a good it's a good joke. Yeah. I think it's a good it's a good pun. Uh where someone has gone through and reported four of my tweets so Twitter locked my account briefly again. One of those tweets from twi- from was from twenty nineteen. I can't even be bothered to look at my own tweets from twenty nineteen. <laughs> Who the fuck is going back through my tweets and about the time that I said I'd punch Bryce Johnson in the head?
0: Yeah, and like Weird. You, you tweet a reasonable amount as well, so they would have had to scroll back through you know, hundreds of tweets.
1: Yeah, I've got like 5,000 tweets or something stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you want like, to look at those tweets, that if you want to see tweets in real time that will get deleted in the future because Twitter tells me to, <laughs> or anything else, you can follow me there. That's,
0: that's all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfair has returned, so I'll see you again next week on Arrow Devastation.